Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. It's benefit season. We all know providing benefits is a cornerstone of employee retention. But many small businesses are priced out or completely disqualified from providing health coverage to their employees. Not any longer. Now, PCA members can get health coverage and they can even tailor options to meet their company's needs. To learn more about all the benefits PCA has to offer and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. If you can't sell your business, you don't even have a business, you have a job. If you can't sell it, if there's no equity, it is a job. You're listening to Estimate Rocket Radio, the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to pay. We want your business to grow, so we make it easy to get your job done. Hi, everyone. It is a great day here at Estimate Rocket Radio, and I want to give you all a very warm welcome. My name is Kathleen. I'm the Director of Sales here at Estimate Rocket, and I am joined by my very dynamic co-host, Chris Shank, who is the leader of education and engagement here at Estimate Rocket. Hey, Chris, how are you today? I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. And you know what? You and I are really excited because we have Brandon Lewis in the Estimate Rocket studios today, and he is just always a wealth of information. Uh, Brandon is the founder of the Academy for Professional Painting Contractors. They're actually celebrating eight years in business. And Brandon also is the publisher of Painters Weekly. We talk with Brandon about getting your business ready to sell. That doesn't mean that you end up selling at the end. It just means that it's not ugly. It works really well. When it comes time to get your business ready to sell, you should have a conflict about whether or not you want to sell. It should look so good and work so well that it would equally benefit you to keep it, maybe even more so than to sell. That's how you know your business is ready to sell. Don't believe me? Listen to what Brandon has to say about it. He always sets us straight. Welcome, Brandon. It is so fantastic to have you on Estimate Rocket Radio. Glad to be here with two of my friends. It is a pleasure. <laughs> so, Brandon, I'm I'm hoping that our accent doesn't start sounding more and more like a Southern <laughs> trawl here, because I, every time I talk to you, I have the Ohioan accent already. <laughs> and so it gets more and more Southern as we talk. And I just want that to be yours because it's so uniquely you, <laughs> but um, love talking to you, Brandon, the provocateur, Lewis. I don't know. Do you, do you consider yourself a provocateur? I, I think that you, you, you're usually saying something that makes people wake up. Well, the truth is always provocative. Mm. Um, ooh, ooh. The, pr- the nice. truth is always provocative. Uh, politically correct and, um, and you know, politically correct and coddled and couch statements are never pro- provocative because they never, they're never close enough to the truth to actually be provocative. Mm. And so in business, if, if you want to help someone change their business, you have to tell them the truth, which is almost in all cases unpleasant. Uh, if there's a problem to solve. Well, you said something earlier in a conversation. We were talking to you about this podcast and just what's going on. And you said something that was very interesting and was a little bit of a wake up call. 
And you said this, I get the sense that more people want to be out of the painting industry and construction in general than ever before. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. Um, why, why are you, what, what are you seeing there? What's happening in business ownership? Is it a frustration about labor? What's your thoughts on that? Well, when I say that people want to be out of the, the business, it's primarily because of the last two and a half years. Uh, first, these poor contractors were ran out of business in many states by their government, um, you know, picking winners and losers and, and driving them out of their livelihood, telling them that they could not work. And then the second gut punch was, oh, by the way, you know, we're going to pay everybody that's in your labor force more money than you pay them to set at home. So that now that we have given you the go ahead to work, we're going to make sure that you can't access uh, the labor you need to perform the work. And oh, by the way, we thought that the economy was a wind up toy. We shut everything down and you can't even get the materials you need. And oh, by the way, the prices for both of these things that we have screwed up for you with, you know, no, no fault of your own. Now, now they're going to be twice as much, 50% as much, 30% as much. And so I don't think people want to get out of it uh, necessarily because it's bad. I think it's there's never been probably a better time to be in any type of trade than now. Mm-hmm. But the lion's share of the revenue will go to the professionally ran painting businesses that understand how to deal with tough times and can recruit and win the very limited labor market that we have available. Mm. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you're setting up a couple scenarios there. It sounds like to me that people want to, you know, they're, they're dealing with frustration and they want to find kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. And they may think I'm just done with this. Whereas you're saying, okay, that may be true, but you may be also um, prime to rise to the top, not just get out. So do those two relate to each other that if, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about selling your business or just getting out, are you doing some of the same things that could also make you stay in the business and rise to the top? Absolutely. Um, And that's what we're going to talk about today. I mean, selling your painting business or your construction business, it's all the same. I told you when we got on here that a a man in a van is a man in a van is a man in a van. It's all the same. Uh, and so, you know, oh, it's completely different. Okay, some dude shows up in a truck, he uses his hands to do something. That's completely different. You know, you're going to have to do a better job convincing me of that. But you, when you, everyone is going to have to sell their construction business or just get out of it without any revenue. And that's a terrible reward for 30, 40, 20, right. 10 years in an industry. Uh, most people roll their old broken down equipment and vans out on the sidewalk and their competitors buy it for pennies on the dollar and the rest gets sold on Craigslist. And that's the retirement. That is how I'd say 90 some odd percent of construction companies get sold. But in the in the preparation of selling your business, um, I have found that many people decide to stay in it. Uh, they try to get it ready to sell. And then once they've alleviated uh, their business system problems and they've alleviated a lot of their daily stress, and now they're making two or three times more money, um, then they're like, well, we, maybe we're going to hang in here for another five, six years or a decade. And so mm-hmm. I think learning about selling your business, um, because it is inevitable, uh, it's better to learn that lesson early so maybe you could um, – live with some of the benefits of it well in advance of actually taking action on the transaction. It's kind of like getting your house ready to sell. I remember I, I've sold a couple houses and getting everything painted and looking good. And right before mm-hmm. you leave, you're like, 
well, wait a minute. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Why didn't I do that while I was living That's here? Right. <laughs> yes, I've just went through that very same experience. And so it's the same way when you get a car ready to sell as, as well. You get that thing all right. detailed and do all the maintenance on it. And you're like, eh, maybe I got another two years in this guy. So Brandon, um, when it comes to selling your business or thinking about it, what are some of the pointers you can give our Estimate Rocket Radio community? How can the contractors go about getting their business prepared and ready to sell, even if they don't end up selling it in the long run? So the first thing is making sure you understand and have a really good grip on why you want to sell. Somebody will come to me several times a year and say, I'm ready to sell my business. Well, why do you want to sell it? And they'll say, well, the XYZ industry is bad. You can't find any help. Uh, people don't want to pay for services, whatever it is. They're not making any money as the owner, as it is. And I'm like, well, you can't sell that. There's no value for that. Right. Um, and so that's a that's a misnomer. But if you're wanting to sell it because you want to go after another career opportunity, start another business, you're 65, 70 years old, that's a perfectly good reason to sell. And so there are good reasons and bad reasons to sell. But no matter which course of action you take i think one thing that's critically important is to think like the purchaser of your business not yourself you're not going to write yourself a check for your own business you're not going to finance that that money will not come from you it'll come from another individual mm -hmm. and so the types of individuals that tend to buy painting businesses are are really looking for they're looking for businesses that are successful that have uh, high percentages of net profit or what we call direct owner benefit. Mm -hmm. They want them that are similar to franchises, meaning here are all the business systems. Here's our customer list. Here's what we do with it two times a year to make sure that, that we get a good start to the spring and fall. This is what we do every month to make sure we have repeats and referrals coming in. This is how you sell. This is how you estimate. This is how you manage your painters. This is how you do job costing, production rates, you name it. They want the, the same type of people, most often folks retiring from corporate America, uh, people that are tired of being in middle management. They've built up some savings. Uh, often they could even be military veterans, tend to be the same people uh, that buy construction businesses or the same people that buy into home service or construction franchises. And they're typically not your employees. They're typically not a family member um, because those individuals tend not to have enough capital to put down. And they want a going concern that has uh, profits coming in already to support their lifestyle. They do not want to go through the harrowing years of startup. And so uh, once you get ready to sell, you have to think to yourself, is this going to be appealing and attractive to someone who actually has the capital to purchase? Okay. And so do you actually go through the business systems review process with them and help them with an implementation plan? Oh, yeah, you have to. And going back to that example of the person that wants to sell their business because it's not making any money. Well, you can't sell that. And right. so the first thing you got to ask yourself is, OK, you want to sell this in two or three years or however long. What do we have to do to make it appealing? And to make it appealing, you have to get a, a huge number built up in your net income to owner or not net in what I would call a. Um, we call it the uh, net owner's benefit number. 
Mm-hmm. And that includes your salary. That includes your net profits, but it also includes, you know, the $60,000 truck you bought that was unnecessary for the business that you wrote off. Is it mm-hmm. legal? Yes. Is it really for the business? No. It's mm-hmm. your gym membership. It's your, um, it's your um, Cadillac healthcare program. It's everything that you get, cell phones, uh, business travel, all the stuff that you do that you can write off. But is, and is it a benefit to you just as if you were uh, employed somewhere else, uh, you would consider that part of your benefits package. And so all that has to be put together. And then if, if your sales system is broken, if your uh, gross profits are low on the jobs, if you don't have crew management systems, if you struggle with recruiting, those are all questions and concerns and worries that a potential purchaser of a business will have. They want somebody that can teach them how to do it right and provide them with the proof that there are tools and systems in place to do it. And if all of it's just up in your head, that is not going to sell. It will scare people off. Uh, no one wants to be left with a business after you leave after month one or two of training and all that information leave in your head. That is so important. I just want to jump in there because we deal with that at Estimate Rocket all the time. People coming up and hearing about Estimate Rocket and saying like, okay, hold on. Why, why do I need an estimating system? Of course, we always have to first explain we're not just estimating, you know, in proposal design, we go on to the sales process and we're all these follow-up campaigns and invoicing and reporting and all that stuff. But, but just for that beginning part, when people say I could do this in my head, we all, it's the weirdest thing. We have to slow the conversation down and say, hold on, hold on. You can do what in your head? The, the quick estimate. Okay. Are you going to be consistent every time? Are you going to be able to save all that information, crank out beautiful proposals? Okay. But, but how are you going to train the next person? Right. How do you train your company on what's in your head? Where's your process? Where's your systems? So we fight that about, you, you know, Kathy, we, we answer that question all the time. All right. And so imagine if that's just one of the things, but what you're saying now, Brandon is no, you got to have across the board, all these processes. So this is another reason why we say it's so important to have your processes explicit and to have everything streamlined. Uh, and, and I also want to make this point too. you're pointing out that you can't sell a business that's not working well. You think, you, I just want to get out and sell it. Well, no, just wanting to get out because your business is not going well is not a sellable business. There's no, we buy ugly businesses, you know, businesses <laughs> out there, you know. Um, you have well that for houses. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah, it's all part of the thing that we're trying to convince people all the time to professionalize because this is not just about you having, knowing what to do in your head. Okay. So this is yet another reason. So I just wanted to kind of jump in there because we have that conversation all the time. So how do people, okay. So you're talking about professionalizing, you're making, making sure everything's running right and you're doing the right thing and making money. Then how do you go about doing it? Um, selling if you want to sell and you, if after you pretty up everything, you still want to sell, how do you go about doing that? So there's a few things you have to consider. Number one is when do you want to sell? And often by the time people get in a position and they've not thought about this like they should have in advance, uh, when I got my MBA, it was completely worthless except for one teacher. Um, and he said, if, he said, when you start a business, you must first know how to sell it. If you don't, if you can't sell your business, you don't even have a business, you have a job. Wow. And most contractors, most contractors have a job. They wow. think they're business people. They have a job. If you can't sell it, if there's no equity, it is a job. And so if you're going to sell your business, you really need optimally in an ideal world, two to three years of peak income um, and peak uh, net you know, contribution to owner. That means if you're taking cash underneath the table, you got to kind of quit that for a few years or at least be able to show the owner 
in some kind of shady backroom area where this other money came from and hope that he believes you. Um, you've got to um, to do that because, for example, if you started, let's say you just did one year. Well, people typically kind of look at an average at least of two years because otherwise they'll say, well, OK, well, this is just one good year. How do I know the next year will be like this? It's not very convincing. But that last couple of years, three years of income is so critically important for this reason. Let's say that you made $400,000 your last year in income versus $300,000 or $200,000. Well, you see, when you sell your painting business, typically people sell it for a multiplier somewhere between two and three times your best annual income. And then there will be some additional allowances for property, plant, and equipment, which in a painting business is typically not very much. And so if you made 100 less, that's going to cost you 200 or 300 at sale. Right. And so that last year, whatever you make, makes so much of a bigger difference. That's when you really got to knock it out of the park those last two or three years because you get such a huge benefit for it or such a huge penalty if you fail. And if you're looking to sell your business, whether you like it or not, you have to be able to disclose and open your books to the potential person that's buying it. And they need to see profitability. They need to see that you are cycling all of the money through the business fairly and paying the taxes on it. You know, most, most owners don't want to buy a bee's nest, a financial bee's nest where the IRS could potentially come after them if um, the books weren't in proper order and you didn't have systems. Yep. I liked what you said about predictability and repeated business. So you can show someone over three, four years that we are having repeatable, successful increases in income year after year. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's as much as it is the largest transaction of your life, which it is for most business owners, they will get more money for their business than they would ever get for their home. Mm -hmm. um, in most cases, um, it is a huge risk for the purchaser. Mm -hmm. And folks think that, you know, they're going to buy your business like it's a, you know, Weber grill off Craigslist. It's just not how it works. <laughs> I mean, Although those people, are expensive too. Yes, I know. And, you, you know, you get the, the banks get involved, uh, all that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, and then there's attorneys, attorneys. And so that's really where, I mean, most of your painting businesses, most of your construction businesses uh, will be sold by a business broker, uh, mm -hmm. someone who, who helps you find the leads you need for folks that are interested in buying businesses. And, um, you know, the thing that you have to be careful of with business brokers is number one, obviously you want to make sure you negotiate a fair deal. Um, business brokers, I've, I've often found, have a couple of, of big issues that you have to make sure that you don't get tangled up in. Number one is sometimes they forget that their client is not the bank. It's the purchaser of that business. Right. And they tend to uh, do really good on preparing the financials, but sometimes they gloss over or even leave out painting the picture of the freedom, the sense of worth, the lifestyle that is created by being your own boss, setting your own schedule, building your own dream. And you have to articulate that yourself as an owner very often to attract enough people to your business. And then you have to, to, to go through the painful process of all these financial disclosures and lien waivers and 
uh, titling, if there's any title issues involved, I mean, it's a, it's a slow, it's a slow aggravating process. Sometimes it can go a lot quicker. Um, if you get the small business administration involved, which often people that purchase businesses use those programs and utilize them. I used a lot of SBA financing devices when I first started my business. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I believe the gentleman that bought my business also used one of those financing devices that, that slows it down as well. And so there's no way to sell your painting business in a hurry uh, for any kind of money, unless you just want to have a fire sale and, you know, maybe get a 50 or a hundred grand or 25 grand, depending on the condition of your business and walk away. Uh, if you're really going to maximize the value, it's, it, it's an exercise, but you know, the thing is while you're exercising, you get paid two or three times more money than you ever would uh, if you didn't do it because preparing your business to sell properly means that all those in between years are going to be super profitable. And I've often helped people get their business ready for sale. And then guess what? Well, we decided we ain't selling it. We're not mm -hmm. moving. We're staying here. I mean, that happens about 50% of the time. Uh, and the real problem is not that they're ready to sell. The real problem is they're just not equipped or um, ready to, or have never learned how to run the business end of their construction business. Right. Hmm. A lot of good stuff. And I think that, I don't think a lot of business owners really know what to make of, of this topic because not everybody's thinking that far down the road. Um, especially people just starting out, they're thinking, I'm, I'm going to do this forever and my kids are going to be doing this and it's going to stay in the family or whatever. Um, but it's something that you have to, you have to kind of get some guidance on. Like this is, it's something we don't talk a lot about even over here at estimate rocket. And you know, that's, I've done a lot of education in the trades and, it's it's still fairly a, a nebulous topic for me. So I'm well, looking you at know why it's so nebulous is because so many. I, I put it this way: it's a funny story. Uh, we were at I remember one of the second or third um, PCA Expo I went to. I was on a uh, I was on a battleship with one of our longtime platinum members now, who's gone from like a hundred thousand dollars to three point five million. I mean, he's just grown a huge business, and we got in an argument on that battle cruiser because I told him what I sold my painting business for. It's not $440,000. And that was back in, you know, 2013 before all this inflation hit us so hard, a uh, lot of money. And uh, especially for the size of the business, it wasn't tremendously large. And he thought I was lying to him. And, you know, I got back and I thought, I just, I got mad about it. And I thought about it. So I sent him an email. I said, well, here are all the photocopy checks. You can kiss my ass. And, uh, <laughs> and he ended up joining and I, I, I helped him really grow his business. Cause I mean, people, so many painters, they honestly know, I bet most painters know of no one, your average painter, if you ask them who, and this is, would go for plumbers, electrical companies, pest control people, you name it, man and van businesses. If you said, how many people do you know that are painters that sold their painting business for a large sum of money? Most of them would say none. Most people just quit. They don't sell, they quit. Well, I'm done. And that is mm -hmm. it. And that's why the, the topic is so seldom discussed because it is so seldom achieved, which is a shame mm -hmm. to me because it's, mm -hmm. I mean, who wants to quit their business with nothing instead of like three years of income put in the bank all at once that could be invested or used to pay down debt or whatever. I mean, that's, it's just a shame that people spend so much time working so hard on a business and then walk away with zero equity, but it happens routinely. It happens probably 98% of the time in the trades would be my guess. 
Well, that's a shame. It really would be because you work so hard all your life to build up your team and build up your customer base and to have no value in that in the end is it saddens me. It is. It is a sad, just somebody break out the tiny fiddle. Uh, It is a sad (laughs) statement, but it is completely accurate. Um, And so I've helped about 20 businesses uh, sell since I've been Mm -hmm. doing this for about seven or eight years. Uh, Just helped one. Uh, up, up, I'm not going to say where it is because I, I don't know if the ink's dry yet. Uh, I, I helped one sell, uh, two sell last year, maybe three. Um, and so it's, it's something that I've just gotten. It, it's not because I wanted, you know, I'm, I'm out there looking to do this necessarily, although I, I do it in my platinum program one-on-one and I help some people in gold. It's just when you when you work with people long enough, some people are in their 60s or 70s. Some people want right. to change locations. There's a lot of people uh, like I, I had a couple of, of clients that went through all the COVID madness. One of them is in Canada and the other one is in a northeastern state. And both of them said, we're sick of living in these tyrannical governments and we're going to leave because if something mm-hmm. happens again, we don't want to wonder if we can feed our family or not. And so their whole purpose of selling their business is just to leave the regulations and the anti-business climate. And right. so there's just been a lot of things driving this. And I think that's why I've seen a, a big uptick in it. There's more where that came from. I know. And, <laughs> you know, I, I always appreciate talking to you because I, I kind of tease a little bit when I say provocateur, but you do get people thinking and um, I always feel like you can help. That, that's kind of what I'm convinced of is that I understand. I understand probably uh, 70% of what you say and believe 80% of what you say. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, no, that's, I, better, I, that's better than you'll get with, with most anybody. <laughs> In order to solve a problem, you must first get a firm grip on the reality of the situation. Right. And reality is ugly and unpleasant because we live in a broken, sinful world. And But the, the quicker you can swallow that bitter pill, and mm-hmm. uh, or as Mark Twain used to say, if you had to eat two frogs every day for, yeah, for the rest of your life, eat the biggest one first. Then eat the second one. And that's the worst thing that can happen to you. The rest of your day can be fantastic. But if you never eat the frog, if you never actually look at the problems, if you just kind of whistle past the graveyard, you can't help. And so often, I, you know, with men and the trades, I don't know if it's 97.3% male in all trades. I know it is in painting. Uh, with men in particular, you have to just beat them over the head with the truth. I mean, like you almost have to have some kind of verbal violence with them <laughs> for them to go oh this is bad like we're 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 uh we're a little hard-headed uh mm. men in the trades and you have to just be blunt with folks uh, right. in order to wake them up and you have to you know shake them out of their stupor that things are okay so they can go okay i'm i'm ready to solve the problem now Let's well because some yeah, because something can be done. And that's, I think, part exactly. of your message, too. They're easy to uh, fix. There's, there's nothing new in the trades. You got to mm-hmm. sell something. You got to put a budget together. You got to come in on budget. You got to retain your clients. You know, you got to find somebody to do the thing you do. I mean, there's only about 12 major things in a painting business. That's mm-hmm. it. And there's only about 12 major things in any uh, trades business. And once you fix those parts and those systems, if you ever get to the the other 12 tertiary things if you ever get to the other 12 um secondary things great but you can make a lot of money just fixing the main things and if you fix the main things you'll make a lot of money and you can sell your painting business just about any time you want to Mm -hmm. uh, in any moment i mean you could list it 
you know, okay, it take me about two months to get some stuff together, but I can sell this whenever I want to versus crap for me to get this thing presentable to a human that has some money. It's going to take three years. You don't want right. to live in that world where you have options three years down the road. You want to live in a world where you've got options two months down the road. Should you choose to exercise them? Right. And Brandon, do you help people find someone to market their business for sale? Unfortunately, yes. Um, oh, you do. Okay. That's one of the hardest parts of this because it's outside of my control. Um, so my primary function is, is getting someone's business systems correct, making sure they're making more money. I can help them uh, put their documentation ready to get the business ready to sell and take to a broker. I can help uh, them get educational resources on mentally, financially, and, and uh, from a documentation, getting them prepared to take it to a broker to sell. But then there's this demarcation line where I have to send them on a hunt to go find a business broker. And that's when it gets a little, little tricky because I know I'm good at my job. I don't mean to brag, but I'm damn good at this. Like I do this, I only work with painting contractors all day long, every day, fixing the exact same problems over and over again. When you do that, you just get good at it because it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't sell, I'm not licensed to sell a business. I'm not competent to sell a business without getting somebody in some kind of legal entanglement or something else. And so I have to let them go. Well, if you're in a rural market, um, you have to find somebody in the, the closest metro area that sells businesses that can make your business sell a little slower. And then if you're in a huge metro area, well, then you've got a plethora of business brokers, uh, some of which are exceptionally good uh, and some of which are shysters and suck. And that's any business, right? You line 100 contractors up, there's a bottom 10%, there's a top 10%, there's the half of them are below average. Right. And so that same thing with heart surgeons, nobody likes to think about it. Same thing with lawyers and attorneys, half of them are below average and you roll the dice every time you hire somebody in any profession. And so that is, a, you know, I've, for the most part, uh, I've had great success. Uh, I've had to have a couple of guys that decided to fire their broker and restart the process, which is always time consuming and can cost you some money. But aside from that, that little part, um, it's, it tends to work pretty well. And if you do your research and uh, check the reviews and uh, do a really good disclosure dig, you can more or less find a broker that, that you can feel confident moving forward with, but you know, nothing's guaranteed in life. So you may run into a couple of roadblocks, but I'm usually there. If I, if I can't physically help them, I at least let them crawl on my shoulder for a limited amount of time. (laughs) Well, that's a good segue to asking you, how can people contact you or learn more? Well, paintersacademy.com. Uh, we have a free report there that's five keys to growing your business in any economy. And I'd say over the last three years, we've had any economy. Uh, <laughs> we've, had, <laughs> we've had the good economy. We've had the terrible economy. And now we've got the, well, we didn't think it could be this bad economy. Okay. And so you better know how to do it in all economies. And so we've got a report there that can help you. Uh, a lot of people uh, love watching our, my YouTube videos for what reason I cannot explain, but if you go to Academy for professional painting contractors, our YouTube channel has lots of, uh, helpful tips and videos on a variety of topics. Some of which are covered two or three times from different angles. Uh, like I said, there's only so much you can talk about in painting in my opinion. Um, but I enjoy helping people. Um, it starts out as this, 
very mechanical relationship where I just fix business systems and it always turns into Brandon, you changed my life. We live in a better house, better zip code can send my kids to private school. I don't feel like I'm a bum anymore. And when you help men fix their business, um, they identify with their business just like they identify with their kids. You fix their self-esteem in many cases. You make them have greater self-worth and value. You can pull them out of depression. Uh, I mean, it's just a it's a powerful thing to fix a man or a woman's business. Uh, mm-hmm. But in particular, because I work with men so much, I kind of think in that that mind frame or frame of mind, rather. Uh, so it's just enjoyable. I enjoy what I do. I've been very blessed um, to do it. Uh, God has given me a, a gift and he has put a lot of people in my life that I've been able to help. And uh, Lord willing, I will keep doing it for a while longer. Well, Brandon, always a pleasure to have you on Estimate Rocket Radio. Excited to see you in the near future. Thank you, Brandon. Awesome, guys. Take care. If you need me, you know where I am. This is Estimate Rocket Radio. Join our team at EstimateRocket.com. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.